Hey everyone, and welcome again to the Living With Power Hope podcast. My name is Lena Ebujemra, and I'm your host. I am so glad you're here. Uh, we love to talk about hope on this podcast. Every couple of weeks on the show, I invite a friend, and we tease things out. Why we lose our hope, how do we get it back, and how to keep it for good. Today, I am so excited to let you know we're going to talk about hope for the woman in the church. Um, you've already met my guest before. We've had him on the show. He's my dear friend and pastor. You might recognize his voice if you live in Chicago from the morning show at Moody Radio 90.1. His name is Carl Clausen, and Carl, it's so good to have you back. It's a joy, Lena. I love being with you. I love your spirit. I love your vitality and your love for Jesus. Oh, uh, thanks. I, uh, I love our church, and it's been awesome to sort of see things play out in our church. Um, let's tell them a little bit about our church, Carl. Um, sort of just, you know, just what was your vision for the church? And I really want to hone in in a bit about women in the church, but I think it will become relevant for them to hear a bit about our church as a whole. And then we'll sort of talk about your, you know, history with women and how they've fit into the church in the past and how things might be different now. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, we're going through a real change in our culture, aren't we, with women in the church? Yeah. Massive. Yeah. And I think that there's there's two common terms. One is complementarianism, just a big fancy word. Um, and the other is egalitarianism. And I would call myself an aggressive complementarian. That's what I would call myself. Um, but what that simply means is that Man, women in the church, are you kidding me? Uh, you, you can't help but see over and over again at the uh, Paul's letters, he makes reference to incredible women of faith that he says, don't overlook them. They've helped me in this ministry. And we see uh, the need for women, the presence of women in the church. And I think it's been a shame where it's gone. It's gotten into kind of almost like a two-party system in the church, like our politics, and it lands in the same place, which is nowhere good. But it's much more dynamic than that. So in 180 Chicago, look, I am, I'll just boil it down. I'm committed that, that women need to utilize all their gifting. And mm. women are called, many women are called with the gift of leadership. You can't exercise a gift of leadership if you don't have followership, and sometimes those are going to be men, and it's okay. Uh, we can't be afraid to let women lead, and strong women are great. I have a, a daughter that's getting a PhD, and she knows where she's going, and and she's a beautiful woman of God. Uh, I've got a my wife is a strong woman. My goodness. She, some of our biggest decisions that we've made as a couple have been precipitated, begun, and actually initiated because of her speaking up in our relationship. So do I value women? Big time. Well, yeah. And so let's, let me, let's back up a little because I, 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 I want to just sort of give a little bit more context for listeners. So you mentioned that word, complementarianism, and, and I really like what you said about this two-party system. I don't know that you could summarize it better than that. It has become sort of divided in the evangelical church, hasn't it? It has. And a so lot the other of other side of it, so let's sort of give people maybe some more context. So there's complementarians and then the egalitarians. Yeah, a complementarians see in in the in this there's look, there's variations of this, but in its strictest form, complementarians see 
that women can do anything in the church and all things even with regard to outreach from the church, with the exception of the role of eldering and the role of, some would say, pastoring in general. However, I see women as being pastoring or shepherding people. Um, you can get into a semantic sure. kind of gobbledygook there. Um, so they would, most complementarians would say, women, the only role that they can't take, and it's not because they're inferior, it's, this is an important point here, men and women are totally equal. Paul's clear with that. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, man nor woman. We are all one in Christ. We're totally equal. Mm-hmm. It's a difference of roles. And so that's complementarian. Egalitarianism basically opens up the door for women to do everything that men can do. And I understand the heart and the spirit behind it. And I think it's born out of a reaction to uh, things in our culture, the Me Too movement, abuses of women that are very real. God forbid those things continue. They're horrible, least of which they should be in the church. And a reaction to a church that has frankly, marginalize women and put them on the bench when they should have been called to leadership more. Well, and that's it. I mean, so why do you think as a complimentary, so you, you are, the reason, I, I mean, people might be wondering, why did Lena have a male pastor talk about this? And it was a very specific decision. And, and, and it's, a, it's on the Hope podcast because really my aim is to reignite hope in women um, no matter what your church experience is, it, whether it's from an extremely conservative, complementarian background or a very, you know, let me use the term feminist, you know, egalitarian part, which is it, it, these words have become divisive and I have found them divisive. And I think that's almost like the minute someone knows where you stand on the issue of women in the church, it's almost like you're on my team or you're against me. Totally. And, and it's sad because I think that, we make conclusions about that person that are not true. And you have exemplified. So I'll, I'll sort of cut to the yes. interesting punchline, which is at 180 Chicago, you have asked me to teach on Sunday. Yes. And, and I will. Twice. Yeah. And, and I appreciate it. And, and, and honestly, Carl, and as a comp- soft complementarian, I call myself, he's funny to use the term aggressive complementarian. I always thought of myself as a soft complementarian, but, but I have had no problem teaching men. And, and I, I, I agree with your, definition of you know sort of how the complementarian as people have viewed women equal of course in 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 um function or in in equal but but basically different roles in the church but i you know what you've done is radical in a sense to the traditional complementarian and many would have a problem with that. So how did you move from being sort of a, you grew up in, and when we've had you on the podcast before, you've talked about growing up in a conservative, you know, background. So you sort of saw modeled this system where women couldn't speak to men, couldn't teach on a Sunday morning. What changed in you that has allowed you to have more freedom in the spirit in this? We find, Lena, um, that although First Timothy 3 and Titus 1 deal with clear responsibilities and qualifications for eldership, uh, that there is no explicit evidence that men cannot benefit from the teaching and the offering of exhortation of women to men. It can happen, and it does happen. 
And the thing that, that I think the thing that has shifted for me is when I've clarified the distinctive of roles and that being doctrine or correction. It's a big difference when a pastor gets up and they have to do this a lot where they begin to, to talk about issues of correction and issues of doctrine. On those issues, I would never ask you to put you in that unenviable position where you're in that, in that role because here's what this does. And I'll get back to the other part of your question, but this is what I'm feeling the Spirit of God I need to say. When a woman is put into a position where she is correcting and bringing doctrine, it's two things happen. I think it's putting her in an, in an unenviable position of mano a mano with men, and we're very different. We're, we're biologically, we're different. Yeah. Testosterone is different than estrogen. It's, it's awesome. The beauty and the uniqueness of men and women is beautiful. And to protect that, that's, Im- that's important. But I think even the bigger thing is we've had an emasculated church for years, for yeah. decades. And in my estimation, an aggressive complementarian view, which is what I, I'm not aggressive. How would I use that? I lean into complementarianism. I yeah. think it both lets women express all that they can bring, and we as men have a lot to gain. I do. When I hear you up there dishing it up, telling stories from the scriptures, explaining how they apply to our life, I'm like, that is awesome. But in a church where we already have men sitting on the sidelines, and this is my great heartbreak with what's going on in our culture today, men are mocked, they're derided, they're demeaned. And what's happened? The home's breaking down, man. Children don't have daddies around to spank their booties and to hug them with tears in their eyes when they're getting wins. And in the church, we need to celebrate the role of men and women. And I think complementarianism done well does that. Yeah. And, you know, and and sort of to go back to this issue of, this fight in the church that seems to continue between well, people who would consider themselves egalitarians versus complementarians, I find that, you know, like right now, not everybody who's listening in on us would agree with our position on this, but that's okay. Like, there, I, I think this is one of those issues where you can potentially agree to disagree on some things and not fall in exactly the same location and still maintain a relationship with Jesus that is healthy and thriving and our inner relation with other brothers and sisters who might not see exactly on this in the same way. Now you might disagree doctrinally, you know, on those issues, but do you feel like there might be room for uh, that to agree to disagree on those things? I mean, how have you managed to handle relationships with people who have not seen eye to eye with you on, on this? I, I don't, I don't think this, I don't think we should split the sheets over this issue. Correct. We should, And we are. Uh, you know, it's interesting. If you look at Acts 5, Acts 5 has this beautiful passage where it talks about the church. There were many being added to their number. It, ap- it actually has the Ananias and Sapphira passage right around it. But I've often said this, you can't have an Acts 5 church without an Acts 4 church. Now, that makes sense. But the Acts 4 church prayed this prayer, God, give us the courage to speak the word boldly while you stretch out your hand to do signs and wonders. Here's the problem. We have put the onus on man to build his church. 
the church, the early church put the onus on God to build his church. Yes, that's so good. And the problem is when we talk about egalitarianism and complementarianism, we're putting the onus on man to build the church. And if we got it back on God, the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace as the old hymn went. Yeah, and there's a sense of humility, I think. Like I never came to 180 Chicago expecting that I would ever be you know, asked to teach, it, it didn't matter. I mean, you know, I, I felt compelled by the spirit of God to join a church that I believed in, that was doing a work in a specific, you know, location among people that I loved. And, and, and it just was sort of a, a pleasant surprise that God would, you know, use me there. And some might look and be like, well, you're cutting yourself short by not, you know, going to a church that puts you, you know, in a place where you can make use of all of your, you know, gifts that God has given you. But I've never looked at it as, as that. I've always found that God has a way of opening doors for people to use their gifts, no matter where you are, yeah, in the church, out of the church, you're exactly, what kind of church you're in. You know, it's interesting too. I don't want to put words in his mouth, so I want to be careful with this, but John Piper, who is pretty well-known complementarian, uh, he and, and a, a great man of God, no one would argue with that, I, unless they're I don't know. Come on, man. You, this guy's a great man of God. Right. <laughs> he introduced me to Christian hedonism. I mean, God is most glorified in us as we are most satisfied in him. And he was asked a question about, can men benefit from the teaching of women? And I think he made a reference to a very high profile teacher. And he said, do I benefit from hearing from her? And the answer he had to acknowledge is yes. You don't close out women who have the gift of teaching. Uh, they're there's some cultural ways to understand some of the admonitions in Scripture, uh, but there's lots of latitude, and we find it over and over again in the early church. And I think the biggest point is this, and I didn't, I didn't finish that thought out of Acts 4. It just dawned on me. When the church sat down and prayed and asked God for something, these were men and women praying together. Men and women praying together. That is the picture of the church. Men and women on our knees before God who builds the church. That's the bigger point. Well, the sad thing is many churches don't have time for prayer meetings like that anymore. So all of the emphasis is on that one hour a week. You know, maybe some small groups, you know, you want to cut down on that. but, But it's hard to fit everything in in an hour. Yeah, you know what? You are right on about that. And this is why I've been so challenged lately. Uh, there's a great book called Old Paths, New Power, and Daniel Henderson is the author of it. was a former megachurch pastor. He was so convicted over uh, the early disciples when there was some Hellenistic Jewish women that were overlooked in the serving of bread. They appointed men full of the Spirit, full of wisdom, and of good respect, those three qualifications, so that we can stick with the ministry of the of prayer and the word of God. And here's the key. We've got to bring prayer back into even the service. I'm, you know, as we're speaking, Lena, you don't even know this yet, but I'm, we are going to make more room for prayer to be a central part of the body of Christ. And that has to be there. And by the way, as far as how we pray for people, one of the most beautiful things that we can have in this world is when older women pray for younger women. And older men pray for younger men. And yes, when we pray together, 
for the body to grow and in, impact the world around us. Well, it's, yeah, and I'm even thinking through this now. I mean, we have given sort of a higher sense of importance to that preaching of the word, because that's where the argument really ends up happening is can women preach on Sunday morning? I mean, that's, in my opinion, that's been a big, you know, whether whether it's, you know, or, or on a different day, but that's a big heart of, of the discussion. And and it's like we've elevated that to make it more important than prayer. And while I believe that the proclaiming of the word of God is of critical importance, prayer is what moves the heart of God. Prayer. It, it and, is. It is. I mean, I just can't more hardly. I'm, I'm pumping my fist as I sit here on my deck. Yeah. Um, well, and, and so practically speaking, so let's sort of make this about the listener. I, I'm guessing a lot of women, you know, are listening in and, and, and particularly probably complimentary. And I think that's generally um, the, the, the people that listen to, to, to the stuff that I put out. And how do you encourage women who, and this just shows about hope. I mean, they might be in a church. Let's talk to the woman who feels a leadership gift and maybe even a speaking, teaching leadership gift and is in a church that really does not condone that. Does she leave that church? Well, how do you, what do you tell that woman? That's a great question. I think number one is before you leave any church, you need to do what men do. And that is a godly man. This is what I call a godly man to do. You get into a church and you begin to serve. And as you serve, you begin to cultivate relationships with leadership. And I think those conversations are requisite that those conversations would be had. I think that there's much more opportunity than women would believe. And by the way, for years, I wasn't teaching on a Sunday. So I'll put this in my own court. For years, I wasn't teaching on a Sunday. But I found myself reveling in the fact that I can serve the body with my leadership gift and even in my teaching gift and it not being on a Sunday morning. Really, the truth be told. Talk to that a little. How did you grow your teaching gift when you weren't teaching regularly? Or, or were you just looking for alternative ways to teach? There's alternative ways to teach all over the place. I mean, that can be cultivated. And Give some I, practical examples, Carl, because I, I think this is really key, especially to the younger woman who might be listening, who may be frustrated, like there's nowhere to become a good teacher. How, what were some ways that you did that? Without a doubt, there are, I don't know, any complementarian that would shut the door to a woman that has a teaching, leading gift to get in front of, for starters, other men, uh, other women, and, and to begin to exercise that, pursue it, work on it. Uh, the essence of teaching is not the presence of men, I'd say to women. That's, right. not, that's not the essence. Uh, they're, they're just men, okay? Um, little different chromosome thing here. That's it. Uh, but the, the other opportunities are invest in those that are younger. Older investing in younger is huge. Uh, I've taken opportunities. I, I've had opportunities to go to literally homeless shelters and stand in a chapel and give a word of encouragement. Ladies, there's plenty of homeless shelters that are eager to have a, a woman come in and not give doctrine per se, but to stand up and open the word and give an encouragement to those people. They're out there, and they're even in the local church. And I'd cut your teeth on those. And here's what we need to remember. It's the Lord that picks you up. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. That is imperative. And watch God work. 
I think this is so important. I think the sense that I'll never become what God has called me to be because I'm in a church that doesn't see my gift is a lie from the pit of hell. It is out of the pit. And by the way, the gift that God gave you is irrevocable. The only question is not who's going to let me use it. The question you need to ask is, God, where are you going to let me use it? Correct. And, and, and being in tune to the spirit of God to see the open doors and not to be so focused, I find, on the thing that we might want that we miss the thing that's before us. Totally. And, and oftentimes it is before us. You know, the last time I was together with you, we talked just a little bit about uh, the issue of what are we going to focus on? And it's easy to focus on offense. So easy. Man, we are, we are so good. We can point out other people's offense in a heartbeat. What you want to do is find the places that aren't offensive. Find the things that are working well. Find the places where you can plug in. And prove yourself faithful in the little, and God will give you much. What are some ways that if men are listening to this podcast, that men, whether leaders in the church or just men who attend the church, uh, can encourage women in their churches, whether they have gifts of leadership or not, just in general? How do you encourage women in the church? And, you know, or how would you tell men that they could um, just be a support to the women in the church? Catch them winning and tell them about it. Your job, men, is to run around churches and catch men and women winning at what they're doing and tell them man, you're a winner at that. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, there's a, there's a Greek word, cardiano. I did a series on it. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a word that is used 16 times in the New Testament. It means to win or to gain. God's about wins. He really is. But we need to catch people winning and tell them that. And that's something that's, that's a lost art in the church, but we need to get it back. And here's another side of it. How do you see that maybe women can, how, how can we be more respectful of men? I don't know how else to say it, but I think in this culture of, you know, women trying to elbow their way, I see this happening a lot in the church right now. And I'm an ER doctor. Trust me, I know about aggressiveness. Like I get that, but that's the way of the world. I really don't think it's the way of Christ. How do you, how are some ways that women might be unintentionally hurting their brothers in Christ? in this plight to try to make their way in the church? First off, don't stop being who you are. Be God's best version of you. Don't dumb yourself down. That's not showing respect. That's really important. Do not dumb yourself down. Don't, Don't limit, don't teach poorly because you want to somehow respect men. That's, that's heresy. Don't serve poorly. Don't administrate poorly. Um, you be the best version of you. You know, there's there's something that we find in Ephesians chapter 5 that is very important, and it shows a mutual submission in the body. The word submit to one another is for men and women. And so we need to have mutual submission. And what mutual submission looks like from women to men is the same, in my in my view, as men to women. Be slow to speak. Be a listener. Um, listen, 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 and then speak. Uh, don't dumb yourself down. Be quick to listen. It goes back to humility, really, just sort of having a willingness to cede your rights and trust the Lord. It all goes back to that, doesn't it? It sh- doesn't. Isn't that funny? Every one of your podcasts yeah. should come back to 
humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. This is good. And I, I want to just also just hit back on, I don't think it's ever right. And, and, and I mean, I, I hate to make so many strong disclaimers, but I really don't think it's right to leave a church for that reason, that you're not getting to, to teach if you think you're a teacher. I think that that, um, I think you're trying to control things by doing that. Now, the Spirit of God could move you for other reasons, but I just don't know that that's the wisest course of action. And uh, I say this with great care. And I, I mean, if you're a woman listening to this, just be very prayerful over motives. And uh, if that's you and, and you're just hungering to teach, I'll probably use another podcast in the future. or Maybe I'll talk about my path and that. But I have seen God open doors that I never thought could be open. And it wasn't because I tried so hard because I, I, God knows that uh, um, that more often than not, I think the tendency is to, I think that the, the challenge that most women have to do is not to quit on the gift that they have and be like, well, forget it. I'll just serve cake for, you know, from now until Jesus comes. And, uh, um, but if God yeah. has put something in you, he'll grow it. Well, what you said, Lena, is spot on. It's about God, watching God do something. Now, I'll, I'm going to be this bold. If you're under a leadership structure that will not allow women to exercise their gifting, leadership included, <laughs> that's a problem. Uh, but before you just conclude that's a problem, you need to talk to some of the leadership in the church because assumptions can be deadly. Well, and I think, Carl, you bring up something, and this is really not, we have, we've really talked more about the role of women in the church rather, but, but just, just to, as we wrap up, sort of to hit up on that, I think it's important to do. We are living, after all, in a hashtag Me Too culture and a hashtag Church Too culture. And women have been, I mean, there's been some very recent stories of women who are wrongfully treated in the church. And I think you and I would strongly uh, agree on this and say, man, there's a problem there. And so how does, you know, and that's not so much, you know, about using your gifts, but there is definitely things happening in the church that are, um, th that have been um, a misuse uh, or, or, or a mishandling of, of, of the way that pastors in particular have handled women in the church. And what do you say to all of that? What's happening? I, in there's been abuse. Let's call it what it is. I mean, there's been abuse. There's been, there's been. Uh, women that have been taken advantage of. There's been women that have been diminished. These things are not of God. They are not of God. Who and should a woman go to if she's walking that path, even now listening to us, and she's just in a place where really it's not so much that, oh, I can't teach, that's minor, but where she really feels like she's in a place where she's she's being abused in the church in any fashion, verbally, emotionally, spiritually, and, and has nowhere to go. I mean, what, what would you advise her? What should she I do? I would advise her, you know, Matthew 18 get, does, we're going to come back to that again here. It gives a great template for how to deal with things. You need to bring a older, wiser woman with you that can confront any abuse that has happened or neglect if there's been a sin against you. And I would say the inability to use a gift in a church, in any, if, if you've been aced out on any sphere, that there's a need and you're ready to fill that need. It could be that you have, you could have a perception of your gifting that isn't accurate. I need to be that honest and say that, Lena. It could yeah. be some people, you know, gifting is determined not only by the individual, but by others around them. If you, if you think you have the gift of leadership and you turn around and no one's behind you, you're on a stroll. You're not leading anyone. So that's that's just a reality. But if you've got, if you've got a gift and it's not being used, or you're being neglected, or you're being abused, 
take someone with you to a leader and have that discussion, raise that issue. And I think more often than not, you'll find, I believe this, God's kids are much more ready to discuss those things and we give it credit for. We write things off sometimes too soon. Well, and, and when we don't, I mean, say that, I mean, I think I can think of a couple of big examples that have been in the news in the last couple of years of situations that have been horrific in the, in, in its, in their abuses and where people have tried to go through these roads and, and in particular, as it pertains to women. And what I found is that God eventually brings it to light. And yes. that doesn't mean you hurt and you stay, if, if you're, if, if you go do Matthew 18 and you don't get anywhere and you take someone with you, I mean, there's maybe a point where you leave that church and I have found God to be so faithful in that. And he's, um, he doesn't let up and he's got you. And I think, I think that's, again, it goes back to this issue of trust, wise trust and discerning trust. And uh, boy, and I could say this as we come to the conclusion here. I mean, we're here to talk to you. I mean, Carl and I don't have all the answers, but Carl's my pastor. And of course, I'm, you know, been uh, on this podcast and, and doing this ministry for a while. So if you're listening, I'm guessing that you've been listening to a lot of the teachings that I've done in the past. We'd love to help walk you through this. Would, would well, Carl, I'm, put, I'm volunteering you here for something that I'm, I'm assuming you're going to say yes to, but I mean, we could, we could help with that. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, the truth is I even address some of these things from time to time. Uh, just for me. And it's real simple. You go to 180chicago.church, and I've even got a blog there, Carl's blog in the upper right corner. Uh, but come, if you're in the Chicagoland area, come check us out. And uh, yeah. and I think if nothing else, you'll find a place that, uh, if you're in Chicago, that at least uh, values women and holds to biblical uh, integrity. And I think that's ultimately the thing to look for in a church. Man, this is, um, I, I know we could talk about this for a long time. This is a heavy, you know, a, a conversation, I think, because there's a lot of nuances. But Carl, I appreciate the input and the uh, leadership that you've had into my life and at 180 Chicago and um, any we closing thoughts as we wrap things up here? Well, Lena, we love you. And your gifting is very real. And it would be a tragedy if the Lenas of this world had to somehow quash the gifting that God's put in your life. So Godspeed to you, young lady. I mean that. Oh, thanks, man. Listen, guys, listen in. God loves you guys and girls in particular, ladies, gals, whatever you use for description of yourself. Know that I am here for you, my uh, email is lena at livingwithpower.org. I would love to pray with you. I'd love to talk to you about how you can use the gifts that God has given you and grow them. I think that uh, one thing I promise you is God is faithful. He'll never leave you. He's always for you and he has a plan for your life. So I will catch you in the next podcast. It's been great having you here and have an awesome day. 